2: This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Marenzi. The Pimp players, the officers, the people, the of them, and everybody else in between. Blowing it down on Monday night, that meltdown continues. It was the Jimmy B Show in the bubble uh, this evening. Jimmy Butler drops 40 on the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Miami Heat take a 1-0 series lead. Uh, meanwhile, we're going 70. Oklahoma City Thunder step up late as Russell Westbrook's uh, return to the Houston Rockets might actually be doing uh, more harm than good uh, right now Russell Westbrook throws a late air ball and uh, also uh, basically falls down and uh, turns the ball uh, over a complete uh, late meltdown uh, by the late uh, the Houston Rockets late in the basketball game in the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, win 104 to 100 couple of late free throws. The game was actually tied at 100 with about 12 seconds left. Speaking of tied it was tied all night man uh, with Tampa Bay and with Boston, but the Tampa Bay Lightning have advanced. They're now just four wins away from a Stanley Cup uh, final. As the National Hockey League uh, playoffs continue, the Colorado Avalanche stepped up and exploded for a five-spot early uh, in a hockey game tonight against the Dallas Stars. Uh, Crazy goaltending moves. Ben Bishop was back. Michael Hutchinson was between the pipes uh, for Colorado, and Colorado wins 6-3 when it's all said and done in the Avalanche are still alive uh, right now. The Philadelphia Flyers are going to be trying to stay alive against uh, the New York Islanders. George Kurtz will step up and in and break it down with us. The New York Yankees lose again to the Tampa Bay Rays. Big night for Tampa sports teams. It'll be a big season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, this year as well. i uh, tell you what, uh, I think the Bucs, anytime Tom Brady goes anywhere, and especially Gronkowski uh, as well, there's going to be a lot of hype and all that, and uh, people are going to buy in. I'm surprised that they're getting three and a half points uh, in the first game of the year against the New Orleans uh, Saints. But the Tampa Bay Lightning get it done against the Boston uh, Bruins. Double overtime. Tampa finds a way. And uh, it'll be ironic if Tampa can actually uh, get it done um, of all seasons this year in the bubble. As uh, no fans is a real equalizer uh, playing on uh, neutral ice breaking it all down level two we'll get back into the nfl as well rookie of the year odds uh, posted mvp odds posted divisions everything else in between sports rage late night bent Dorage, rage bring it it up Sports Rage with Gabe Morency Rage all you want. Sports Rage late night continues. We're just talking about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook uh, falling. Looks like he slipped, actually, but he was kind of wild. He nearly turned the ball over just uh, right before that. So he was kind of wild and all over the place. And uh, turns the ball over. There was a late uh, air ball. And uh, worldwide Wabra Perez, pretty cold right now, says that was Westbrook's best playoff game for the Thunder in years. That's cold. Uh, that's cold. There's also a tweet out there. People are saying that Allen Iverson said that uh, Russell Westbrook blew the game single-handedly for the Houston Rockets. Um, I don't know if he deleted it. I'm looking at his Twitter account now. People, like, have screenshots of it. Uh, the last tweet that he tweeted about was about Coach Sean Thompson, so I don't know. You, you know, if it's not there, I can't really believe it. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, yeah, it wasn't a good final couple of seconds of the game uh, for Russell Westbrook uh, this evening. Let's bring in uh, George Kurtz uh, right now uh, to uh, talk some pucks, talk some baseball. We'll get in a little NFL as well. Uh, George Kurtz, how you doing tonight, George? Good
4: morning, Gabe. Or maybe it's good evening to
2: you, one of those two. Yeah, depending on where you are. Good evening, good morning, good night, uh, whatever. It's always happy hour uh, somewhere, uh, Kurt. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. So, uh, George, uh, George's a big Yankee uh, fan. Uh, Tampa Bay beats the Yankees again. That's 7-1 in the last eight uh, games um, that they played. The Rays have won seven of the last eight against the Bronx Bombers, uh, George. And Garrett Cole, it's the second time. Like, Cole didn't get the loss technically last time. But it's the second time that the Rays have beaten uh, Garrett Cole in a span of two weeks in New York uh, at that. Is this just a case in which the Tampa Bay Rays have the New York Yankees number?
4: Well, you said it's not so that the Rays have beaten the Yankees, right? The Rays have always had something uh, against the Yankees. But mainly that's been in Tampa. They've uh, controlled the Yankees in Tampa Bay. The fact that they're beating them up in New York, certainly has to be a concern. And what's even a biggest concern is what you said. They're beating up Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole has made three starts against the Rays this year, and none of them have gone well. The Yankees did win one of those starts, uh, but he gave up three runs in four and two-thirds innings. Couldn't even get the win in that game. You know, The last start was two runs uh, in six and two-thirds. Couldn't get the win there, and then tonight didn't go well at all here. So I think that's the biggest concern for the Yankees right now is that if you can't have Cole shut someone down, especially your, your, your arch rival right now, That's a problem, and right now the Rays have the Yankees' number. I mean, it's not even – most of these games really aren't even that competitive. The Yankees did come back, but it was only 5-0 here. You know, it was already lights out. You're not going to come back five runs against that Tampa bullpen.
2: So we all know the Yankees' schedule um, gets more favorable in the last month of the season, which is pretty much coming up after this series. But really, even the supposed really bad teams aren't that bad. I mean, Baltimore's 15-19. and I mean, their win total was twenty and a half for the season, so they even have exceeded uh, expectations. So I'm not going to say they're running away with it right now, but they are up by four and a half, and fact of the matter is, suddenly the Toronto Blue Jays are only one game back of the New York Yankees.
4: yeah, I don't know if anybody cares about winning the division doesn't matter. Think about it. You're all playing a three game series, right? If they decide to go in a bubble, you may not even play at home. You know, I don't think they are going to play in a bubble, at least not for the three-game series. I think uh, for the Divisional and Championship Series and obviously the World Series, yes, I think they might do a bubble for that. But the three games, I think they'll, yeah. you'll play at your home park. But it's really not a huge advantage there, no matter where the Yankees face. In a three-game series, let's face it, you have one. If you have two great pitchers, I don't know how the other team can win. Well, you have one, if you have one great pitcher and you have a, a lights-out game, that puts a lot of pressure. And right now, Cole hasn't been that guy for the Yankees where well, you know, okay, Cole's pitching, he's going to be dominant here. I mean, you look at his numbers, all the games he's pitched so far this season, they've been solid, but they're not like, you know, you've been expecting more. Just more of him dominance. We're just not seeing dominance. His ERA is 3.2. Coming into tonight's game, it's going to go up to 3.4, or 3.5. And that's not what we were expecting from Cole. And as you said, you know, you and I talked before the season, right? Oh, the Yankees will be fine because the second half, just go 500 in the first half, the second half was easy. But you're absolutely correct. Those second-half teams aren't gimmies anymore. The Yankees haven't played Toronto one game yet. Toronto's a good team, right? Baltimore is not terrible, at least. And the Yankees still have to play Miami on uh, the full slate. We know Miami's a decent squad, and they decided to go for it today with their trade. So the Yankees are not a lock to make the playoffs.
2: Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned the Toronto Blue Jays, 18-15 and 15, uh, right now. And I'll tell you what, George, and I brought this up earlier, to me, this is the problem, and I blame the players, everybody. I can't just blame baseball and, ooh, uh, the commissioner and all that, because it's all of them. Uh, they, they agreed to this. The 16 teams in the playoffs. It's ridiculous. It kills the drama. Like, Can you imagine, George, your panic right now if there wasn't 16 teams in the playoffs? Imagine it was just the normal format. Like, right now, you'd be like, damn, man, they're four and a half back. This is getting real. Um, like, but it kills the drama. Because you know everyone makes the playoffs right now. So what's the you know the top two teams and two wild cards? I mean, come on, it's hard not to make the playoffs. Almost, it, you know, whatever. There there are a lot of good teams. That's the thing. There are a lot of good teams in the American League. So we'll 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 give you know we'll, at least we'll cut that. Uh, we'll give a little slack there. So Tampa's up by four and a half. Uh, Yankees nineteen and fourteen. We mentioned the Toronto Blue Jays. What do you what do you are you buying into all this Blue Jay acquisitions here? Say what you will about these guys. Are they great? No. Uh, but uh, the fact of the matter is they're all professional pitchers. They're better than what the Jays had. And at least now when the Jays send somebody out there, they're sending a big league pitcher out there every day. I mean, so they add Stripling. They add uh, Taewon Walker. Uh, they add Robbie Ray. They already have Chase Anderson. They have Ryu. What do you, what do you think of the Blue Jays and their improvements that they made? Well,
4: they have improved, right? I mean, I, no, I don't think anybody can take that away from the Blue Jays. They have improved. You have legitimate major league pitching, which is important, right? We haven't thrown out guys there. You, you, know, you know we're going to get lit up. We know what Jays can hit. And when Bichette comes back, hopefully by the end of the week, from what we're hearing here, that will make them even better. But you have to be able to pick someone. And if you went through all the guys there. These are all – none of these guys are lights out. There's no ace here. You know Ryu, even especially well, is not an ace. I know he was going bananas with the Dodgers at one point last year, but no one's mistaking him for Max Scherzer, Degrom, or Shane Bieber or anybody like that. But he's a solid major league pitcher. Taiwan Walker, you know this guy was almost a top prospect at some at one point. Who just never truly put it together. Maybe the late bloomer, and they'll get something out of him. Still has a good arm, very athletic. I like that acquisition. It didn't cost him much either, which was really I felt that surprising. By the way. That he was traded sure, early. There's a lot of teams wanting him. that was what you could get, right, I, I thought the package would be more. I thought Toronto made a great deal. I guess uh, you know Seattle really loved the prospect they were getting. I just thought they would get more. Robbie Ray is a definition of a guy who needed to change the scenery. Now, going to the American League East, that's never fun. But he needed to get out of Arizona. It just wasn't working there. Chase Anderson, Stripling. Stripling might concern me somewhat. He wasn't pitching all that well for the Dodgers. Now, once again, you're going to the American League East. I don't know what you're going to get from that. But you have depth here. You, know, you, have a, you have a legitimate starting pitcher every five days. So, I like what the Jays have done. I don't think the Jays believe they're a World Series contender all, all of a sudden. But they're a playoff contender. And with their offense, let's face it, three-game series, the opposite holds true, too. You know, if you know if Bichette's going bananas, Biggio's going bananas, Guerrero's going bananas, they're scoring six, seven runs a game, and they get hot at the right time, they can make a run.
2: Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. And plus. These playoff games will be earlier than they normally would be, so I don't, I'm do not i not so sure the weather will be real cold uh, yet uh, either. Uh, San Diego was another team, uh, George, that made a lot of uh, noise uh, over the weekend and then uh, during the deadline uh, as well with um, the centerpiece being Mike Levinger. Now, it's interesting. The Indians are saying, no, no, it had nothing to do with the COVID stuff, and Zach Blesak is actually going to be starting on Tuesday. So I don't know what the deal is. I I don't know. I don't know, maybe, because Plesak drove back after. Because they both went out and partied, right? Um, They both went out and partied. Plesak, at least, didn't get on the plane or the bus after. Clevinger did. <laughs> like, uh, Polisak like, drove to the, the next city. I don't know what the deal is, why Clevinger, like, was, was not allowed back in the room, and Plesak is. Interesting dynamic uh, there, uh, but I tell you what, San Diego are an exciting baseball team, and you know they have an opportunity. The Chargers aren't there anymore; uh, they have a beautiful stadium. It's time for them to step up. I give them, I give the organization credit, especially considering there's no fans there, and they're still being as aggressive as they are. More trades late night continues.
1: I'm still on my own journey, but I wanna be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man, We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: You're listening to
2: Sports Radio with Gabe Morensi. SportsRage late night continues. I am Gabriel Maranci. Shout out to all of our affiliates, wherever you're uh, joining us uh, right now, wherever you may be. George Kurtz, uh kicking it with us uh, right now, Long Island representing. Uh, so, uh, George, we talked uh, baseball. Let's get into some NFL football uh, right now. We had Rick Suratella on earlier, and uh, we were talking about NFL Offensive uh, Rookie of the Year. Uh, so I'll throw the names at you. You can tell me if you like them for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Or maybe if you like him for fantasy football as well as uh, the NFL season starts in 10 days. I haven't uh, been in any fantasy football drafts yet, but I'm going to be um, this uh, this weekend. I think it's a good time. Uh, for How many leagues uh, are you going to be in this year, George? I believe I'm in seven. I'll draft a
4: seventh on in my, my home league on the commission of that one. Uh, on Thursday 7 uh, that does not include, include best ball leagues that's I don't know another 10 15 so 7 uh
2: that leagues that we're going to have to make moves in is that is that like par for the course or a little lighter than usual this year <laughs>
4: um the best part for the course, what I usually do. Uh, best ball is great because you draft it, you leave it. You don't have to worry about it. So they're just fun. You know, you play $20 leagues, $50, whatever you want to do. Uh, the seven redraft is probably a little lighter than normal, mainly because some leagues that I normally be in didn't come back this year because of what's going on. Normally, I might play in not too much more game, maybe 10 to 12.
2: Wow, it's a lot of leagues. Um, you know, normally, you know, I'm in, um, I'm in like f- four to five um, I do play a lot of DFS, though. I am a big DFS guy. And I'm not a big DFS daily guy. I used to be into the NBA DFS, but I just got frustrated. Yeah, it's, you know, you have to be too perfect. I actually find George that NFL DFS, the average guy has the best chance. Like if you're playing baseball DFS, man, good luck, bro, playing against Ricky Sanders and Dick Meyer and these guys. and They've got 500 lineups. They've got a million algorithms. They know, like, inside out, every little angle. It's a real numbers and crunch game. I find the NFL, the you know, Joe Sixpacks has got a better chance to win the Millie, uh, to win the Millionaire Maker, like, or win the million and all that type of stuff, uh, to win the big tournaments. Because, you know, it's kind of random. If You stack the right team, right? I find it's less analytical and um, you've got a better shot. Do you like NFL DFS football? Oh, yeah,
4: I love NFL DFS. Uh, I probably don't play as much DFS. This really goes across the board now because of uh, what we do, gambling. It's just, you know, DFS was great because you got pretty pretty instant satisfaction, right? You would know by the end of the day. But now gambling, we can know by the end of the period, by the end of the quarter if you want a loss, <laughs> right? If you want to do props, you'll know even quicker than that. So I, I didn't know you are such a DJ. I would even more. Uh, it's right. not that, it's not, I just, I think I'm better at it. You know, I think what, unless you, I play, I like to play tournaments. You know, we might win big money and for a smaller fee, but, uh, I don't play as much. Uh, not although over the past two years, I'd say, since we've done more of the gambling than, uh, that, that I used to. There was a time where I'd be playing multiple baseball lineups a night, multiple hockey lineups a night, football. I still do, but even that's become tougher, mainly because of this job where football Sunday mornings are a little busy for us.
2: Yeah, it is. It's a real world win, man. You got to wake up real early to handle all your business, man. Especially you know if you're in all the fantasy leagues, DFS, bats, everything else in between. All right. Uh, so Jer- Joe Burrow is the offensive uh, rookie of the year um, favorite. I'm not. I don't think he's gonna win. I think he's good, but I also think he could be in trouble. You know, he plays in a tough division. You know, both Cleveland and Pittsburgh are gonna be better than they were last year as well. So um, he plays in a tough division. The offensive line isn't great. He doesn't have a ton of weapons. A.J. Green always gets hurt. Um, they're going to be playing from behind. He's the number one pick. People are going to be trying to drill him and lightly, you know, you know, light him up. What do you make of Joe Burrow? Any interest fantasy-wise, or do you think he wins rookie of the year uh, at uh, plus 230? Well, fantasy-wise,
4: if uh, you're playing in a, in a super flex league, sure I have interest. You're playing in a league, a dynasty league, absolutely. Keep a league. Maybe, depending on uh, the rules of your league there. In a uh, straight league? No, I'll pass. thanks you. uh, I agree with everything you said, but he's still probably going to win it because he's the only rookie quarterback that's going to start, at least that we know is going to start from day one. I don't think Tua starts. Herbert, I don't know if I care if he starts. uh, He's the only guy we know is going to start from uh, week one. This is a quarterback-driven league. It's what the NFL is. Unless uh, he puts up a Philip Rivers, he's like James Jameis Winston, throw 30 interceptions. But if he throws 20, which wouldn't really be out of line, that would knock him down. But I think he's the, the favorite right now. But you know, you mentioned AJ Green gets hurt. The fact that they're trailing is good. They'll throw the ball more. As I said unless he has a poor season. He has weapons. If Green stays healthy, he got Tyler Boyd. Mixon is a good running back. But you're 100% correct about the offensive line. He's going to get hit and get hit a lot.
2: The second choice is uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back, uh, Kansas City. I brought him up earlier. I brought up the facts. So he benefits from the fact that, of course, Damian Williams decided to opt out uh, due to COVID. Um, But there's so many great players on that team, and it's all about Mahomes, and uh, it's about him throwing 300 yards, and I expect Mahomes to have a big year this year. I think Hilaire will fit right in, but I don't think he's going to win – uh, rookie of the year. What's your take on Hilaire?
4: Well, fantasy-wise, I uh, I am a big fan. I think he's one. He's obviously after the guys, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Elliott Kamara, Derek Henry, uh, and he's right there. Now, do you want to take him at six? Do you want to take Mike Thomas at six? Uh, I like him more than Miles Sanders. Some don't. Dalvin Cook, I would probably take over Edwards Hilaire, but then like I said he's right there in that first round of fantasy, so definitely a fan of him there. Now, once again, everything you said is true. It's a Mahomes team, but this also means with the speed on that team, speed at outside wide receiver, he's never going to see an eight-man box. Never. And the safety is going to play, you know, 50 yards on the line of scrimmage to make sure Hill can't blow by him. Stevens aren't going to worry about him because, once again, in today's NFL, you'd rather die by the nice, which is the running game, than the gun in the passing game. So I think edwards Hilaire is going to have a big year. Like I said, I still expect Burrow will probably win it, but I think Edwards is my second choice if Burrow – a, gets hurt, or does a poor year, throws 20 interceptions, whatever. edwards Hilary would be my next choice. I think he's a lot to get. twelve, thirteen hundred 1,300 yards, receiving, rushing, both, if not probably more. At least eight touchdowns. And I think I'm being conservative with those numbers.
2: Wow. Pretty, uh, you know, big numbers. Uh, I'm expecting a big year uh, for edwards Hilary. I tell you what, he puts those those numbers up. He's definitely going to be in a mix. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Tua, I was a fan of Tua, but I think the COVID stuff has sort of hurt a little bit. You know, he's, he's, he's getting some reps with the one right now because of a death in Ryan Fitzpatrick's family. Um, uh, but from what I understand, Fitzpatrick is way better than he is still. He's not ready. Even Rosen is sort of ahead of him. It's sort of there's a learning curve uh, for him. They don't want to rush anything either uh, for him, especially with his health. Um, and, and everything. So it's hard to sort of buy in a tour right now at eight to one. Here's a guy that I really like. And, you know, you were talking about fantasy uh, rankings, and there's a big drop-off between uh, Hilaire, as you mentioned, you know, Hilaire being, what, nine, ten, 10 uh, or so, and a guy that both me and Rick Saratello were talking about earlier, who I think is a live shot, who could have a very big year this year, George. And that's uh, Jonathan Taylor, running back, Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it's not
4: going to take Indianapolis long to realize uh, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, he may be the best uh, traditional running back that we have in this draft. You know, I know there'll be some other guys who we'll talk about who might uh, be up there as well, but Taylor is on a on a, a really good team, Great a really good offensive line. line. Right. Yeah. right, maybe the best in football. With a quarterback who can't throw the football down the field anymore, all right. So I think once again, I think all signs point to Indianapolis wanting to make sure Phil is not going to throw twenty interceptions again. So they're going to play a more conservative game because they know they have the offensive line to do it, and they have the defense where so they're not going to play shootouts. I think they know this. So I think Jonathan Taylor. Uh, right now, I think fantasy owners are a little concerned because you have Marlon Max there, and you know the the Colts make noise. Well, Colts are always lie, by the way. Oh, yeah, everyone's going to play. Mack's going to play. Hines is going to play. Eric Dickerson's coming out of time and he'll play. Coaches lie. It won't take, I say, it won't take Frank Reich long to realize, oh, God, Taylor is this good. He has to be on the field 75% of the time. So, yes, I like Jonathan Taylor too. My only worry is that, you know, does it take Reich four games to figure it out? That's
2: my only worry. I don't think it will. I think that, listen, Marlon Mack is good and he'll get some touches, but Jonathan Taylor can be great and I think he'll get even more uh, touches. So we got a guy on your Dallas Cowboys, C.D. Lamb, 15-1. to 1. And, you know, the, the listen, Lamb is very explosive. It can make some plays. The question is, is he going to make that many plays, enough to win Rookie of the Year? He has a bonus that he's on the Dallas Cowboys, so he's part of the hype machine, right? Joe Burrow has a head start because of the ESPN hype machine, but the fact that C.D.'s on the Dallas Cowboys that helps uh, right there, um, but you know you've got Elliott, you've got um, you know you've got Cooper, you've got Dak Prescott. Can is Ceedee Lamb going to make enough plays to get in contention uh, for this? What do you think of him at fifteen to one?
4: No, no, I really don't see any wide receiver. This was a great wide receiver draft. I mean, it really, probably maybe the best we've seen in twenty, thirty years. That being said wide receivers generally develop a little slower because they have to learn all the routes, right? All the routes, especially the hot route to make sure the quarterback doesn't get killed on the blitz. And it's the wrong offseason to do that, but no mini camps, you know, training camps being abbreviated. Uh, you bring up CD lamb. Yeah. He does get the bonus of being on the Cowboys, the hype machine, the national media will be following him. And every, every play he makes, you know, they'll make it look like it's an 80 yard touchdown, but he's also got Amari Cooper. You mentioned uh, Michael Gallup is also on this team. They're both ahead of him in the pecking line here. So uh, no, I don't see any receiver. Uh, I wouldn't bet on any receiver doing it. I think uh, even on a normal year, I'd have a hard
2: time, but this season, certainly not. You have running back DeAndre Swift, who could be splitting carries. Um, you know, see, he's he's 15 to 1. Listen, I'm a big Jerry Judy fan. I think Jerry Judy's gonna have an impact and be a hell of a football player, but I don't know if the numbers will be there enough. I think he'll be in contention though. Listen, Drew Locke was 4 and 1 as a starter last year, guys. All right, we'll get into some Islander hockey, Flyers, Islanders, and more. Sports Rage, late night companion.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi. Rage all you want. Sports Rage late night continues. I'm Marenzi. We're kicking it with George Gertz. Sports Red George Gertz. Show's just flying by here this evening talking NFL uh, football. Um, so, uh, George, let's talk a uh, regular season MVP right now. Patrick Mahomes plus 380. Is the uh, the favorite last year? Lamar Jackson uh, gets it done. Uh, he is plus seven hundred. So Mahomes missed what three games last year? Was it three that uh, that Moore started? I believe it was. And you know, statistically, he didn't have he had a great good year. Uh, but I believe Mahomes when he said after the Super Bowl, and he's been saying in the offseason, that they can be better. And Andy Reid. I believe Andy Reid, and Andy Reid said the same thing about you know last year, even though we won the Super Bowl, things didn't really click for us. He said you know it was kind of tough. There was a lot of injuries last year, right? Mahomes was hurt, then he came back. He wasn't 100%. Hill was hurt. They did have a lot of injuries, and they still managed to win the Super Bowl. I think the offense could be even more lethal, and Mahomes, if he plays a full 16 games, will put up some monster numbers. Uh, this year. They're stocked. Um, what do you make of Mahomes at plus 380? Do you like him to win the MVP or are you looking somewhere else? I guess if you're going to take the favorite,
4: sure, uh, Mahomes would be the guy because you're right. If he plays 16 games, he's, he's going to have a monster season here. Uh, now, technically, he only missed two games last year, but it really was three. He got that one game he didn't play much of. Uh, yep. But he's the favorite. But I mean, I'm looking at a guy. The problem in the NFL is. I think you have to make the playoffs to, to win this MVP award because there are going to be so many quarterbacks who have monster numbers. Once again, it's the year, the, the time we play in now. And he's close to 4,500 yards, 5,000 yards, 3,540 40 touchdowns. So
2: if you put limited, up the limited practices the playoffs, with, with tackling, <laughs> tackling is going to be terrible. Right,
4: uh, <laughs> that's going to be a nightmare too. Yeah, listen, the month of September for football is going to be ugly. There's going to be some broken plays. I mean, there's going to be broken coverages. Tackling is going to be terrible, you know, because guys aren't going to be used to hitting yet. But the guy I like, Gabe, but my problem is, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, is Kyler Murray. I love the price we're getting for him. But, I mean, Arizona, they're not the same. uh, Their defense is still weak. They're not as good as Seattle or San Fran. I know there's an extra wild card in there, but even the Rams aren't a terrible team. I think my problem is, I don't think Murray can win it, even if he hasn't. He's not going to put up monster passing numbers, but between his passing and his rushing, he's got Hopkins now. He's a guy I love to win this award, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, which means they're going to knock him down. And by the way, you mentioned Mahomes. You mentioned the Cowboy hype train. Now, I'm not going to Cowboys here, but if the Buccaneers make the playoffs, my God, if they win that division and Tom Brady plays 16 games, I don't care what his numbers
2: look like. The hype train is going to go bananas for him as well. He's eighteen to one right now. Tom Brady, eighteen to one. It's funny. I you know I want to be anti-Tampa Bay because of Tom Brady and Gronkowski and and the hype and everything, the media hype. Uh, but the fact is, it's very similar to last year, George, in which with the Cleveland Browns, right? There was a lot of sort of trendy media hype around them, but the sharp betters were betting against them, right? Or they didn't they didn't bite on the season win total because it was too high, or they bet the under. So I find it interesting, actually, that the media is so fascinated and in love uh, with Tampa. And truth be told, everything we're hearing out of Tampa's camp is pretty uh, pretty positive, all right? Like, um, you know, Tom Brady looks good. Tom Brady looks, you know, just as you would expect. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's in great shape. Uh, everybody's learning from him, blah, blah, blah. Arian's talking about how he's got a second coach on the field now. Um, the attention to detail is much better, they're saying, with even the younger guys like Evans and Goodwin and everyone. You know, Jameis Winston was good. He put up some numbers, but he wasn't a detailed guy, right? So you know if if Goodwin didn't run the right route or Evans, you know, turned the wrong way or did something, you know Winston wasn't bitching at him. You know what I mean? But Brady's different. Brady, you know, say what you will about him, but he demands accountability. And same with Arians. So you have a combination of both of them. I do believe Tampa are going to be a good football team. Um, I'm not ready to bet the season win total to the over or anything like that, but I will tell you, I was, I'm was i surprised to see they're getting a full three and a half in week one against New Orleans when you consider as well there's no fans um, um, at at the game uh, with, with the New Orleans Saints. So I think that softens the blow going in there and playing against the Saints. Oh, I agree. Right, The big, prob- the big problem with playing in the Superdome were the fans. Right? It gets loud
4: there, hard for the uh, offense to hear. So I don't think there's any doubt about that, that that plays a, a role there. But once again, I, I know he's Tom Brady. I know he's the GOAT, the greatest ever, and blah, blah, blah. But he hasn't had a lot of work with these receivers either. All right? I think there's going to be some growing pains here. And playing, I think, is the best team in the NFC. I don't know if they're going to play the best in playoff time. They certainly didn't do that last year against Minnesota. But I think they are the best overall team, a team that's been together for quite a few years. I think, uh, once again, I would still edge towards the Saints in this game. I think the rematch is more uh, interesting. I think it's seven, eight weeks later um, in primetime where uh, we'll see when Brady is truly up to par here. But yeah. uh, listen, everything you look at Tampa, I mean, Winston, now what you said is Kirk, right? by the way. I watched a lot of those Buccaneers games last year because I had Mike Evans, Godwin, and Winston, a lot of fantasy teams. Nowhere near close to every interception was his fault. Most of them were, but not every single one. Every quarterback can say that. But, the, I mean, if, if you would eliminate half of those, half of those interceptions, that's 15 more drives they get. They went 7-9 and nine with Winston having 30 interceptions. Think about that. That's pretty crazy when you think about all the bad field positions they were in all the time. This defense is getting better. It's not a great defense. It's probably not even a good defense, but it's not average either. It's getting there. I mean, Tampa's going to be a team that I think as, as they gel, as it, as it moves along, assuming Arians and Brady can get along, because I, Arians likes to air the ball out. That's not what Brady does right now. He doesn't have that kind of arm strength. As soon as they can work out the, their philosophical differences there, I think they're a team, as the season rolls along here, that you're not going to want to play.
2: Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. They do like the Arians does like to throw it deep, and that's not Brady's strength, but you know, they didn't bring Brady in to make him uncomfortable um, and make him do things that they know uh, that he can't do. And let's not forget people. So you talked about Arizona, uh, and I agree. Listen, I think Arizona is going to improve a lot, but I think next year could be like that big next step uh, for them. I still think they have a little ways to go. But they do bring in DeAndre Hopkins as well, but we can't forget guys um that there's an extra playoff spot. That's what's in vogue right now this year, George. <laughs> extra playoff spot in the NFL too, right? 7 teams per conference. Well, at least they at least they only went one and not like, you know, 9 teams per conference.
4: So, uh I think what's crazy about the NFL with the extra team is now you only get the one team getting the bye week.
2: That's it. Yeah.
1: You know, just a top right that they. Winner.
2: It's crazy that they add a playoff team, yet they punish one of the better teams for it. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, all right, but, you yeah, know, play, you guys will still get a cool. buy," but now they they tighten it, which actually, though, and for fantasy perspective, it's actually pretty good, and for betting as well, there's nothing worse, George, and, you know, being in a big fantasy football league, having big money at stake, and the team that you have is 13 and two or whatever, you know, whenever your playoff is, you know, the drill and they sit. so now, Hey, if, if you're, you know, if you're 13 and one or something and another team is 13 and one, you can't sit down anymore. Cause you're going to want that by, well, at least you would have, if there was fans. Now I don't even know if it matters if they're inside of a bubble too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's,
4: it's a great point. Uh, it I could work out that way where more teams now have to play in week 17. Now, we all know that's not why the NFL did this or why why baseball did it. It's all about the money. And listen, I don't – 14 of 32 teams, I'm okay with that. Just don't go any further. Baseball doing 16 of 30. When, and I, now, you're, now you're the NHL. I mean, actually, the NHL has less to, as far as percentage has less. I think that's a lot to me. But I don't mind, and I look forward to that Saturday, that, that whole weekend. Now we get, what, games at 1, 4, and 8? I'll take that. I mean, it'll be it'll be a fun wild card
2: weekend. All right. So speaking of the National Hockey League, the New York Islanders are minus one twenty, over to Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Flyers are plus one hundred. The total is five and a half. Philadelphia Flyers struggled to uh, to put the puck in the net against the uh, the Montreal Canadiens, and you know they were very fortunate. They had great puck luck. The Canadiens hit a million crossbars, million goal posts. No excuses, but you know that was a twelve seed versus a one seed. And and, you know, Philly were lucky to win that series. They, you know like I know it went six, but it was it was a lot closer than six and a four, two series. Like it just was for anybody to watched it. So I'm totally not surprised that the Islanders are where they are. I'm on the Islanders in this series. Philadelphias only scored seven goals in this series. What do you make of uh, this as an Islander fan? Uh, You know, they always say the fourth game is the the clinching game is always the hardest to win in hockey. As you know, you saw it wasn't easy for Tampa tonight to get it done. Took double overtime and, um, you know, you saw Dallas was unable uh, to get it done. So, you know, Philadelphia is going to bring it with everything that they have. They just can't score. Uh, They've scored seven goals in the series. What's your take?
4: Uh, you're right. The Clifton game is always uh, is always brutal here. Philadelphia's been a weird team. You already mentioned the Montreal series, and I'm on board with you there. I still think if Carey Price would have played like Carrie Price, Montreal would have won that series. And they had no puck luck whatsoever. I mean, they had zero puck luck. Philadelphia's been a weird team. And the round robin, they looked great again. Right, They wanted to get that number one seed. But then as soon as they got it, they played poorly ever since. Ever since they haven't really played well. That top line cannot get going. You can see Giroux being I mean, visibly frustrated. Uh, in game four, uh, Grace made a couple of saves on him. He, swung, he slammed a stick against the ice. He just wasn't happy. Vigneault has come out and really blasted the top line because they haven't done much here. There's no – it's not like game five is in the ball is in Philadelphia. Where they'll get that extra energy from the fans. No fans. Yeah. I think the Islanders close it out. I think the Islanders close it out. I think, I think they're frustrating Philly. I don't think Philly has a snowball's chance if they don't score first. I do they have to get a lead, put the Islanders on their heels a little bit. But other than that, the Islanders have controlled them. They're playing their, the Philly's allowing them, the Islanders to play their, their style, which is suffocating defense, keep everything on the side here. And more importantly for the Islanders, Greece and Varlamov are playing very well.
2: I'm going to be taking the under five and a half. Uh, I'll tell you that. I'm going to go back to it. I mean, I'm surprised it's not even five, to be honest. I'll take the under five and a half. I know a lot of people say, oh, in clinching games, um you know with the empty net and all that you you got to be careful with it but we saw tonight with Boston and Tampa and I I expect a similar similar uh, similar situation I'm leaning with the under 5 I would like the I would lean with the Islanders as well I think we got about a minute or so uh, here George it's been a hell of a run for the Vancouver Canucks you've got to give them credit um for for the success that they've had in the playoffs beating Minnesota beating St. Louis um, but they've just run into a team that's better than they are.
4: I think you put it right. I think Vancouver's a year, maybe two ahead of schedule here. I love their team speed. Pedersen, I mean, it's, it's got skill. Bose, JT Miller. What an addition for this squad he's been. Markstrom's played well in net. I just think they're a year ahead of schedule. And as you said, listen, Vegas is a better team. I think Vegas is the best team in the Western Conference. Uh, they don't have the superstars that we talked about with the Lightning, but they are three four line team very good defensively we know Robin Leonard in uh, goal is a movie waiting to happen with everything he's gone through and how well he's playing he's a free agent at the year. he's going to cash in big time so uh, yeah I think Vancouver maybe they can squeak out a win but I think they're probably done tomorrow as well
2: yeah you know what I've been riding the Canucks through the playoffs they're plus 190 right now they've been getting plus 165 plus 170 plus 175s in the game uh, in the games leading into this now they're plus 190. Yeah, they could be in tough. George Kurtz. All right, NFL football rapidly approaching 10 days away. Thanks for joining us, Kurtz. Anytime, Gabe. Sports Rage late night. Quick 120 minutes in sports. Vent your rage. sports rage late night bagels and bad beats scott wetzel coming up on these radio stations shout out to all you uh tuning in wherever you are listening to us uh tonight we appreciate it uh, shout out to everybody uh in our chat social media and everything else uh, in between you can find me on twitter at sports rage all right so we got early nba basketball tomorrow 5 30 eastern time the uh, toronto raptors take on the Boston Celtics. Uh, I believe first, uh, their their tip-off is 540 to be exact. Uh, Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors, and of course, because the Toronto Raptors always play in weird times. So the Raptors were um, pretty much dominated in game one by the Boston Celtics. And uh, the Boston Celtics have beaten the Raptors four of the five times that they played them now uh, this year. Yet, on the flip side of that, the Raptors are 3-15 and 15 in their last 18 game one. So the fact that the Raptors didn't look good in a game one isn't exactly breaking news for anybody that's uh, followed the Raptors uh, over the years. One thing I can also tell you is the family um, of the NBA players showed up today. So the families uh, showed up today. The girlfriend's families, people close to them, et cetera. You had to get, you know, they were on a list, uh, whatever. They needed approval. Um, you know what's crazy? The coaches' families are not allowed. It's kind of nuts, huh? Like the the players, the, the players are, but the coaches' wives or kids are not allowed uh, in the bubble. I found that kind of strange. Uh, I told you earlier, Jimmy Butler actually didn't want any visitors. <laughs> He's like someone in jail. No visitors. <laughs> Jimmy Butler said, it's a business trip. Jimmy said, uh, I miss people, but you know what? I can wait a month or two. I've got uh, I'm on a mission here. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Fred Van Fleet, Chris Webber brought this up during a broadcast. I tweeted earlier today. When the first thing I thought of when I saw the video, there's a video of Fred Van Fleet's kids. One of his kids, like, is crying, running down the hallway. sees his father at the end of the hall uh, for the first time in two months. And uh, you know, Red Van Fleet's kid was born last year. He went off and never looked back. Family's back. He had a bad game on Sunday. Take the wrap. And come back to win the season. plus one fifty two. Other than that, you're on your own later.
0: Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie, or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the two guys from Hollywood Podcast.